Yo, what up, pod racers? Are you like me where you sunburn easily? Have narrow shoulders you want to hide from the world? Weirdly small nips? Great news, we have a solution. Original tabletop shirt designs. Reading Rainbow, Dungeon Club, a dungeon and a dragon. Find these and more over at patreon.com slash goblins growlers shirt club at the $25 tier. These are all exclusive limited run designs. We'll never bring them back again. So be sure you get yours by signing up at patreon.com slash goblins growlers. Yippee! This is Quid Pro Roll, a fantasy live play adventure where a party of unlikely heroes embark on a quest to bring dragons back to their world. Well, howdy, listener. Welcome to the Daily Crier Listening Show, where all the news and varying and beyond can make its way well, right to you. Well, I'm almost back to the, uh, uh, well, to the Daily Crier. Uh, though I can already hear messages from the powers and may need to make more regular trips out now. Which has its upsides. I mean, I do like getting out more. But it's also a bit cold around these parts. And hey, speaking of parts... I should be able to put the finishing touches on my friend here. Soon. Well, they won't be pretty filigree and brocades, but I reckon it'll be a lot better than walking around with your gears hanging out. Yeah, that's right. I even have an extra eye in my desk. Made it myself a while back, and uh, it should be on par better with, uh... Well, anyway... Just like my friend here, the party has been listening to an unending noise for the past while. This temple, though quite empty, is decidedly unquiet. Fortunately, they left the main tick-tock clock chamber for a peacefully subdued fountain room. Strangely enough, though, the fountain's pipes had a magical... bean... Yeah, a magical spider-attracting bean, which Koza planted and grew a bird's nest and eggs. Did somebody mess with my notes? All right, well, we've got to keep moving, and you've got to keep listening. And as always, y'all take care now. Solinar. The thing, the hallway before you stretches out into an immense darkness, leading far beyond your ability to see it. However, the closer hallway immediately to your right is covered in this shimmering, transparent barrier that has this endlessly shifting image of tortured humanoid faces. Their faces are sort of like trapped in these masks of screams and rage and pain. It makes no sound, though. I don't like that. That's... I don't know what that is, but that hallway's cursed. That's a curse on that hallway is what that is. It, it It's very strange. Can I try to reach out and touch the weird thing? Yeah, you absolutely can. Um, so your hand is going to slowly, you know, reach out, and as your fingertips touch the shimmer, it ripples out as if you would put your finger, like, lightly in a pond. Okay, so I I reach out and touch face. And through the soft (laughs) rippling, what echoes out, it's quiet, as if it's very, very, very far away. But you hear hundreds of screams. Oh, that's very, very strange. Very uh, upsetting. You don't think all this is tied to people who have been kept alive somehow, do you? Like there was the there was the robot that we destroyed, and then there was the distant scream. Now we've got this, and there's a lot of screams. I don't know, y'all. I don't like this. Well, clearly, I think none of us like it. 
it's a nightmare hallway pond full of <laughs> full of souls. <laughs> what happens? So, is there a stick or something lying around? No, but you have like. Don't you have your like little escrima sticks? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna shove either port or starboard into the into the hole. So you're not gonna be able to shove it because it is a barrier. So it is going to get to a point where it stops, like if you were pressing it against a wall with soft padding on it. Uh huh. But the rippling is going to be significantly larger and more, you know, rapid, and the screams are going to be significantly louder. And more Oh, so maybe it, stop. Maybe it hurts them stop. if I do that. <laughs> Please, God, stop. I'm going to have nightmares about this for weeks. I mean, maybe we should just try hitting it really hard. No, no. no. In, this, in this situation, there's only one thing I know to do. What's Divine that? Divine sense. Johannes, the way that your divine sense frequently manifests is either immediate sensation or smells. Which is why it's notable to you that the sense that you get from this is there is no scent. There is nothing. It is just void. Oddly enough, even the stuff that you had been smelling in the temple itself, like the copper, the, the smell of abandonment, is gone. It's Everything is, is completely gone. The sensation that you feel physically is as if you were standing on a stone in the center of the ocean, and a wave completely overcame you and dragged you under into a cold, dark place. Hmm. I smell nothing. It's almost as if no one here has ever used deodorant, but also doesn't need it. I also feel as if I have been pulled into a cold and dark space with nothing around me at all in every direction. That's, that's pretty intense. <laughs> yeah, surely this is a place where Soon has turned her face away from it. I was going to say, let's let's go down this other hallway and see what we find, because uh, I... The longer we stand beside this barrier, the more I'm convinced that I'm going to hell. So you guys are going to travel down this long hallway, which will eventually twist to your left. And as you continue on, you are going to find that there are two, there, there's a divergent in the hallway. The doorway that you can see to your right is going to be fairly elaborate. It's going to look like it has the kind of ornamentation that you would be used to seeing on like very established public buildings or the home of a royal. It's gorgeous. It has these two it has these double doors and these two really really long and tall handles that you feel like you would have to like pull both of them out and make this grand Aragorn-esque entrance. The doorway that immediately goes to your left is going to be significantly simpler. It's going to look a little bit more like a place that was originally just a doorway, but a door had sort of haphazardly and not terribly dexterously been built into the frame itself. All right. I I definitely want to go through the double doors because uh, I can practically taste the money that's emanating out of that room. But... <laughs> Let's check out this simpler door first real quick, just in case it's like a broom closet, you know? And so Solonar's, Solonar's going to... I don't think he's even going to check the simpler door for traps. I think he's just going to test it to see if it opens easily. Uh, Go ahead and roll a dexterity okay. save for me. God dang it. <laughs> Spend all this time checking for traps, only to have the one door I don't... It's a 25. All right, wonderful. So as you step into that space that that was just beyond the door, you hear a very familiar click, tick, and immediately remembering, you hop back as the floor itself, that weird moving walkway, just malfunctions and shoots forward. <laughs> Not today, magic floors. <laughs> <laughs> Not today, Magic Floors is the episode title. 
But it literally happened just a few hours ago on this, the day of today. Oh, I didn't mean like literally today. I just meant like for this one specifically, oh. it wasn't going to get me today. Or That's... tomorrow. Not tomorrow, Magic Floor. Yeah, you tell it, Johannes. <laughs> Yeah, let's uh let's check out this other more elaborate doorway. Uh I am gonna check give me a second with that one. And Solnar's gonna very thoroughly check the frame and the space between the doors. Wonderful. Roll investigation for me. Uh non-nat 20. Non-nat 20? All right. So you're going to be able to tell that there is a spike trap that has been loaded into the top of the doorway itself. What the hell? You're gonna trap both your doors? This is incredibly rude. It, can I, do I get an idea of where the mechanism is? Like, is it one of those, like, you open the door and it, like, immediately goes off? Yeah, it's one of those things that, like, you open the door and, like, it's like a bucket with water in it, only significantly more dangerous. It's like a bucket with water in it and a massive spike. <laughs> Solonar kind of, like, eyeballs the trap. And I'm guessing I don't see the actual trigger for it on this side of the door. No, but given what your investigation score was, I'm comfortable telling you if you open the door and then let the trap fall without walking, you'll be fine. Oh, okay. I was I was on the verge of being like, let's tie some rope to this door and I'll just pull it open that way. <laughs> uh, but if that works, that's even easier. So Solonar's like, everybody back up. Everybody back up. All right. And then he kind of like, extends his arms out as far as they go, tugs the door back just enough to hear the click, and then takes a half step back himself. As the apparatus shoots down in a way that would have probably bisected you had you walked through it, Whoa. it lands into the floor with a soft click and then settles in as if it was part of the floor. Well, that's elaborate. <laughs> also, I want to point out, you guys probably could have also used Mage Hand to open the doors. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Take that. You you won't get us on tomorrow's tomorrow door. Yeah. Do these Are these doors going to try and close themselves? Like, are they weighted to swing back into place? Yes. Those bastards. Oh, wait. I've got an idea. Uh, Solonar opens one of the doors all the way. And then he pulls out his bros before crows cacaw crowbar. And he just, he pries at the hinges a little bit. To what end? Well, the bros before crows cacaw crowbar uh, strengthens anything. It is a crowbar of lock strengthening. So what I'd like it to do is uh, firm up the hinges so that they lock in place. <laughs> That is incredibly clever, and I will allow it. That's a very smart use of a magic item that I made to be terribly useless. Oh my the god. The crows I, would be proud. I immediately saw so many functional applications for a crowbar of lock strengthening. I just yep. have to be careful that if there's a situation where we're in a big rush, I don't grab the wrong crowbar. I do. What about the rest of you? Are you guys all comfortable going in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I trust Solonar. I mean, at this point, at this mm -hmm. point, uh, Solonar will then like lead through, and he'll be like, "That door is not going anywhere." The room that you walk into appears to be a gallery with many gorgeous paintings set up in copper frames, covered in dust yet still striking. Depicted in these pictures is a wide range of subjects, from scenes of famous plays to portraits of dragons and historical figures to still lives and landscapes. There are one or two pedestals that are down the length of this room that have little glass domes, little cushy velvet pillows, and then small artistic artifacts set in the center of them. Holy crap. Uh, okay. Uh, God, I never bring the right tubes at the right time. We, so we can, because we're not going to be able to transport these whole frames. We can cut the uh, the art out of the frames and then roll it up to transport them that way. Um, the artifacts are going to be a lot trickier because you're really supposed to bring like crates, like little crates with lots and lots of padding inside of them. 
uh, if you're going to be transporting artifacts like these, we didn't come with any of that sort of preparation. So I don't know if we want to come back and loot this place properly or if we want to try and get like what we can now. Uh, but I will say anything you pick up has to be handled extremely delicately. You don't just raid a museum. You can't cut these pictures. They're posted on the wall. If you cut them, then they're not going to be in the frames anymore, which is where pictures belong. True, but consider none of this art has been able to be appreciated by anyone, uh, private or public, uh, since the downfall of the Metallic Dragons. And so really, really, by liberating these art pieces from the frames they're in and bringing them to the surface and making a lot of money, uh, we are bringing art to the public that hasn't existed for centuries. Solinar mm. isn't Indiana Jones! It belongs Whoa. in a museum. <laughs> it's like, it's like when, when did Solinar become indie? I hear an angry voice from above. So Solinar, I was going to say you make a compelling point and ask Alita, but I think that Maya soon has spoken. I, look, no, here's the thing. He does make a very compelling point. Oh, it also just sounds a lot like what Indiana Jones says. Things have changed. Soon feels like you've made a compelling point. Alita! Koza, uh, what are your thoughts? Is there anything that looks like immediately valuable, like immediately useful kind of I mean, thing? there are two pedestals with glass domes with artifacts that you're trying that you're not able to immediately see in the dim light. Generally oh. things that are in pedestals with glass domes over them tend to be like fancy. Yeah, so I want to go take a look at those. All right. So the first one that you approach is a copper circlet with a citrine in the center of where the forehead would be, and the image of a sun sort of as the decoration that stands at the top of it. And what's in the other one? Uh, that is going to be an elaborate, yet again, copper tankard, that the handle of it is in the shape of a smiling dragon, and the sides of it, it's more of a stein, than a tankard, to be perfectly mm -hmm. frank with you, um, has an image of like this bacchanal, this like really Dionysian party. Are the are the glass domes secured? You can test them. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna try to pick up the one over the cup, the stein. You're just gonna lift it right up. Uh, I mean, I'm gonna take a close <laughs> look at it. He's not Indiana Jones. He hasn't practiced this. Because he's got a bag of rice. He's going to try and put it on there at the same time. <laughs> and I'm not going to, like, force it. Like, I take a look. I'm I'm being careful. Scientist. Yeah. So the now, glass is heavier than you assumed it was. Okay. Like, if it feels like it's not freely lifting up, then I'm not going to try to force oh, it. Oh, it's not attached. It's just very okay. heavy. Okay. So as you lift it, realizing that this glass is in fact a crystal, mm -hmm. I'm gonna need you to roll dexterity saving throw for me, my man. Okay. What if instead this was a strength saving throw? That would be Ooh. unfortunate for you. Well, I still have like this bonus advantage. I still have advantage on the next leg related strength check. And I think Kozo would be lifting with his legs. <laughs> <laughs> Not it's like chest back. level. I'll, I'll. You should always lift with your legs. It's chest level. How are you gonna lift with your legs? All right. On my deck saving throw, I got a an eleven. So what's going to happen as you start lifting that? You hear a <laughs> sound, and yeah. the circular area around the pedestal that goes out about five or six feet immediately like sucks into the floor to its side, dropping you down a hole. Oh. Uh, <laughs> you are going to take, I rolled a one. So you only take like three damage. Okay. Um, but you land in a dank, damp, dark space. Triple D. Hell yeah. Um. You hear a soft dripping sound. Fourth oh. D. <laughs> <laughs> the four D's of despair. Dripping oh. dank dark. Disparagus. 
dodge, dip, dank, dodge, <laughs> ripping, and dodge. Um, I, I'm okay. Awesome. Also, which of those two items were you trying to get, Goza? The, the stein. Um, the stein. Okay, cool. You are now holding, though, a crystal dome. So you got that going for you. Is the crystal dome enough that I could stand on it and climb out? No. Hey, um, could somebody lower down a rope? Uh, Solinar comes over to the edge of the hole and he's like, Oh, sorry, I was, I was admiring the art. I really could have warned you not to lift domes. Ah, uh, that's, oh, here, let oh, me, it, I got some it's rope. It's okay, I, I should have thought about it more. Koza in the kingdom of the crystal dome. No! <laughs> How heavy did you say that dome was? It's made of crystal, and it's about, like, a foot high. Yeah, I'm not trying to take this thing out so, with me. So more than five pounds? Yes. Dang it. Probably closer to 15. Dang it. How many mage hands do we have Put in the party? Put your invisible hands away. Um, <laughs> no, I've got an unseen servant, not a mage hand. <laughs> Just get three combined mage hands to lift this dome out. <laughs> Uh, Solinar lowers a rope and he's like, you're, you're probably going to have to set the dome down as sad as I am to say that. Oh yeah, no, Koza was not trying to carry this dome out. Koza, um, before you are able to get up that rope, just as a note so that you have this information, your, mm -hmm. your eyes adjust a little bit to the space that you're in because you do still have your light. I didn't make you drop it because I'm not a monster. Yeah. Um, you're able to see that you're in some kind of square cell with just the standard iron bars that you would expect. And you're able to see a little bit in the distance through a doorway that leads to the room that you're in, some kind of odd mechanized thing that is still moving and it is moving very methodically and consistently. Oh, wait, is it in the room with me or is it No, like you okay. can see because the room you're in is very, very small. Okay. Um, and you're able to see through the doorway into the room across from it. Um, I'm going to try to... Let me see if I can do something. Um, yeah, I'm going to hurl the flame. Okay. That I have the little, like, spell, because it will produce flame spell, to try to light up that area. So as you, you know, softball lob the fire down the way, you're able to illuminate more and more space of what appears to be a very well-equipped jail uh, with more than just the small, you know, rectangular cells in which you find yourself in that make you feel just, by the way, a teeny bit like a zoo animal. You are also able to see wall-mounted manacles. And one or two items that you are fairly certain have unsavory uses. Though the fire illuminates that for only a quick moment before shooting in. And again, you're going to have to squint because this is a little bit of a distance. But you're able to see several rectangular compartments that are being shifted on some kind of conveyor belt in a jerky yet consistent motion. Within those rectangular spaces, you're able to see poking out of it bits of hay and what appear to be some kind of, like, shimmering stone. But it's in fragments. And what, is that the, like, weird movement thing I had seen? Yes. Okay. Um, actually, there's some very strange things down here. Maybe we should explore this some more. <laughs> Pull the rope up. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> let me let me see here. So the pedestal, the space around the pedestal for about five or six feet pulled mm -hmm. away, correct? Yes, it receded into the floor. So the pedestal itself is still there and still on a solid platform? Is it like a pillar yes. that goes all the way down? Yes. Okay. Solinar is going to do a, a, a just a small hop over the gap to hang on to the pedestal so that he can tie a rope around the pedestal itself. What do you want me to roll for that? Acrobatics is what I'll allow for that. Oh, uh, when... Oh. Was Koza going to say something as he sees Solinar taking action? <laughs> I was going to say, oh, grab, grab, the, grab the stein. I'm, I'm very curious about it. 
I got a I got a 17 for acrobatics. You're able to succeed. Solinar just kind of like hanging with one hand and just like tie like looping the rope around the pillar a couple times and then ties it off on the pedestal and then reaches up, grabs the stein, drops it into his bag and then shimmies down the rope into the cell below. All right. Shimmying happening. Uh, Johannes boat. Get the circlet. Get the circlet. <laughs> what's what's that, Koza? I can't hear you. I can't get, hear you, Koza. Get the circlet too. I I, I I'm I have suspicions about it. I'm very curious. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Uh, yeah. Okay. So boat but, boat goes to get the circlet. But be aware, the floor will recede. All right. So you're gonna lift that crystal yep, down yep, up. Yep. Yeah. Let's see what happens. All right, roll that dexterity saving throw for me, my friend. Oh, uh, exactly what we I think we he thought. has advantage because he's probably expecting it. Yeah, because, you, yeah. yeah, I will allow advantage because you're expecting it. Good looking out, Chapman. Uh, Unlike I, you, I help out my, my <laughs> teammates. <laughs> Boat's a, Boat's a libertarian. He believes everybody's responsible for their own personal safety. I mean, what I was going to say is I know that no matter what happens, that my players are going to be honest. Uh, I know I that no a, matter what happens, Boat's a libertarian. <laughs> I rolled an 18. All right. So you are able to hear the... And you're immediately like, not today. And you like kind of koala hug the pedestal as uh-huh. the floor begins to... Away from you. Okay. You're also able to get the circlet. All right. I grabbed the circlet. Do I... Can, can I sense that the circlet is radiating any kind of magical energies? Roll Arcana. I'll roll Arcana. Does, does this mean that Whoa, he just... For harsh. the record, Alex mispronounces Arcana is one of the bingo squares. I got a 14. Uh, so you're going to be able it's... to tell that it has some kind of magical property, though you're not able entirely to discern what it is. Hmm. How big is the circlet? It's a circlet, so you wear it on your head. Yeah, but people have different head sizes. That's why we have a hat industry. I mean, oh, it's... Is that why we have a hat industry? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's it's moderate human head size shape. Could Ooh. I slip it over top of my cowboy hat? No, the cowboy hat would be too big. Okay. I'll have to cast Reduce and Large on the cowboy hat to make Yay! this work. I um, like the idea that you have the tiniest little <laughs> cowboy hat. Because for the record, the circlet's made to fit over your forehead. Uh-huh. I could put it on under my cowboy hat. That would be unwise, Ooh. but I will not tell you why. Wow. Uh, okay, well, you've metagame warned me enough there. So, <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, can I hop off of uh, wherever I am and get back to some solid ground? I'm going to have to have you roll an acrobatics check for that. I'm sure it'll go well. Uh, it was a 13. It went middling. I mean, let's see, what is the DC for that? For clearing okay. a five-foot gap? It shouldn't be too high. You, well, yeah, but he's koala-hugging a pedestal yeah. that he then needs to vault off of to get to the Can other Can I climb to the top ledge. of the pedestal and then, like, do a front flip from there? Yeah, you can... You, I will I will say that that's how to... Because you did, you did make it. You, ju- you just just made it. Okay. Uh, so you're going to climb up and just kind of, like, heave, heave um, and hop over the thing and land kind of unsteady on your feet for a second but find your footing okay all right goza i got the circlet for you oh wow thank you so much um have you tried putting it on <laughs> no not yet do you you want me to throw it to you so you can try it oh sure okay don't, don't throw it don't throw it circlets are very <laughs> fragile um, we should be handing these things we're talking about ancient artifacts people i wrap it in some purple cloth that i've got uh as uh Something to to shield it and then toss it down to Koza. All right. Uh, catches it? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, this is a gentle, like, underhanded toss. I'm not gonna, I'm not that bad. Uh, so you're going to catch it. The fabric is nice and soft in your hands. Very I healthy. want that back. Koza puts his cap of water breathing in his pocket and tries on the circlet. You feel surge through your body from the moment the circlet is affixed to your head. This warm, powerful electric feeling. Oh, well, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's electric. Koza is Sailor Jupiter. Did can I roll Arcana on this yeah. real quick? That's going to be a um. 
unnatural 20. Oh, wonderful. So you're able to tell that this, based off of the sensation and how it looks, appears to be a circlet of blasting, which is a kind of magical <laughs> item. So anyway, uh, I started blasting. So anyway, I started blasting. Uh, it allows you, uh, this is this is the meta discussion, uh, while wearing the circlet, you can use an action to cast the Scorching Ray spell with it. When you make the spell's attacks, you do so with an attack bonus of plus five. The circlet can't be used this way again until the next dawn. So it's the circlet of Cyclops, gotcha. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, this, this could be useful for any of us. Um, and I just want to also roll Arcana on the, the sign, too, while I'm here. On the sign? Okay. Yeah. There you go. Uh, eight. It is a cup. It's a cup. Um, but I like this one. Do you mind if I keep the sign? Somebody else can keep the circlet. Because is over I... here hoarding magic items. Can I also, like, uh, check out the sign when Koza does not, like, Koza kind of, like, turns it over a couple of times and is like, huh. Can uh, I also see if I can figure anything out about it? What are you looking for? Uh, specifically, like, I guess, I guess magical effects. Solinar has been studying. Roll. How about... Has he been studying hard enough? A 15. So, based off of the inscriptions and everything, and upon further investigation, you notice two notable things about this tankard. Thing number one, there is a small switch that is hidden on the inside of the handle. When you click the switch, the bottom of the tankard, not the bottom of the interior, but the exterior, opens to reveal some kind of false bottom compartment. So, for example, if you were trying to drop something out of the bottom of the cup and you put it in this compartment, that would be what it would activate. On the tankard itself, it appears to be a purification tankard. It will remove any poison from any liquid that's put in it. It will clarify water, make it safe to drink. However, if you pour liquor or beer or anything in it, it does remove its intoxicating effect. Looks like it's uh, arguably a good thing for Koza to have. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It looks like, Koza, you've got yourself a straight edge tankard here. It, uh, It not only purifies things like water, but also then removes liquor from anything that goes into it. So, you know, don't don't use it for drinking like alcohol because you'll be wasting your money. Or do, uh, just because I don't know if you guys remember Koza drunk. Alina, uh, Alina, I mean, we all remember. We were all there. Yeah, just uh, as a note, uh, maybe maybe Koza should have this. I, look, if Koza wants to drink to have a, you know, a little bit of a tipsy fun time, I think Koza's a grown adult and is allowed to make those decisions. I think... Do you recall that he almost sacrificed all of us because he thought that one of the dragon priests was cute? No, I don't recall that. I do recall uh, him hanging um, out with a dragon priest. And how he was like, oh, you should meet ours. You know, the last metallic um, dragon priest. Um, I, um. Yeah, I agreed. <laughs> hey, so anyway, there's some weird, interesting <laughs> stuff down here. Um, yeah, let me, I thought we could check it out. Let me see if I can get us out of this cell. I will say I was not present for any of that. So no, I don't recall any of that. Yeah, that happened, just as a note. It's a little troubling, Koza. You should probably be a little more careful, specifically with party secrets, even while drunk. Uh, is there, like, a lock on the cell that I can identify? Yes. Okay, so Solinar is going to try to do that, like, reaching through the bars and picking the lock through the bars. All right, roll sleight of hand at disadvantage. Okay, that's a 22. You're able to get it open. I almost got a 30, but that was my, you know, with the disadvantage. It makes a loud metallic click noise and swings open with a loud, rusty, hinged squeak. Oh, hate that. Hate that. And Solonar immediately goes into stealth. (laughs) It was too loud. It's like a cat getting startled. Is it just us, like, watching you go, like, oh, I hate that, hate that, and then crouch down? Yes. He, like, like, immediately drops into a crouch and then, like, slinks around the doorway and, like, presses himself into the opposite. Is there, like, a a hallway or something? Yes. So he presses himself against the opposite wall 
but it's only a 12, so he's still... He's not terribly hard to see. Look at Slinky here. <laughs> Whenever you say just drops into stealth, I imagine that you're just panicking and throwing a smoke bomb or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Ninja vanish. <laughs> All right. So, Johannes, Boat, what are you guys doing? Oh, yeah, I guess we're going to jump down the this space hole. Yeah, jump hi. down the space hole. <laughs> All right. If you guys would be so kind to roll athletics for me. Do a little hop and shimmy, if you will. Nine. Uh, 19. It's not how I expected that to go. Nor so, but you're going to slip uh, because you're going to get an unexpected rope burn on your hands and you're going to fall only enough to take six damage. That's fine. Whoa. That's, pro- that's a better outcome than I was uh, expecting. I, I rolled higher than expected on that fall damage. A hard butt hit from boat. Yeah, the butt <laughs> hit echoes. Whoa, did you hear that echo? Wow, that cheap cheek clapped. <laughs> Thunderclap, but cast with cheeks. <laughs> That's how you do somatic gestures when your hands are tied up. <laughs> All right, Johannes, the, you come down fine. The boat book of casting. No! Oh no, I hate this. That's going to that's going to be the next uh, Patreon project we're going to do. Uh, Brandon's going to write a whole thing of alternate casting rules for spells. But if mm-hmm. they were written by boat, mm-hmm. it's strange how many of these somatic components are twerk. This thing is like, and remember, none of these casting techniques can be taxed. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning no material components. <laughs> Don't, don't let the government take your hard-earned spell components. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you all are together in jail. The door is open. Koza is wants to investigate these weird mechanisms. Which ones? The ones oh, the that ones are, that are in the place across from you? That are, like, moving, yeah. So, right. Solonar is going to stick so, close to him, but with that 12 stealth. <laughs> so you are going to walk in to this room that appears to be mechanized in some way the mechanism there you've noticed as you're walking across that there is also some kind of mechanism in the hallway but it seems that the mechanism has long since fallen into disrepair and no longer works or at least as far as you can tell uh as you look into the room that you're in there is this there are these tall metal basins and they're filled with some kind of hay or cloth, just various soft cushioning materials. Within these soft cushioning materials are shards of what from a distance appeared to be stone, but upon closer inspection appear to be some form of eggshell. Is there a way to stop these mechanisms? Uh, You would have to go in and sort of look around for it. Uh, I would have you roll investigation for that. Um, That's going to be a um, 19. All right, you're going to be able to find a mechanism that is based around a statue that stands in the corner of the room. Because uh, it's going to try to manipulate the mechanism. Slide of hand, please. Nat 20. You are ab- you're able to like really quickly just look in and like pull like one tiny wire with your bare hands and it immediately stops the mechanism. You tell that statue whose boss goes up. <laughs> As you look around, you notice that there is some kind of purplish-black stain on the insides of the basins, and there is a drain in the center of the floor that is surrounded by a similar purplish-black stain. Along the wall are several sets of gloves, buckets, tongs, and galoshes all hanging from hooks. Um, does it look like oil? You're not able to tell. So can I approach the the shell-looking stuff without getting in the oil stuff? Yeah, and I will be very clear. This is a stain. It is stain. not okay. a pooled material. You can walk across the stain without any issues. Yeah, Koza wants to pick up one of the shells, because he's guessing these are... Dra- does it look like a dragon shell? Yes, it does. Uh, um, Alita, Alita, what, what kind of dragon shell is this? She's going to, like, walk over and take a piece of it. I mean, surprising nobody. I'm pretty sure this is copper. Okay. So Whoa! What... <laughs> Sorry, I'm so surprised. 
Johannes, what temple do you think we're in? Dank temple. (laughs) Well, you're not wrong, but it is the dank temple of the copper dragons. Oh, I didn't keep reading. I will say. (laughs) Yeah, it was on the sign. Mm -hmm. Have y'all noticed how in the above floor, everything is like immaculately clean? And then we get down one floor and all of a sudden it's like dank and dripping and mildewy. Like what's, something's going on here. I don't like it. I think it's because we're now under the sewers. This temple got mad drip on lock and also a tick on talk. The logic checks out. That was really funny. (laughs) We should just end on that. <laughs> so is this um some sort of I guess like hatchery? That would be my guess. So I wonder if down here is brings us closer to where we know to go in the uh temple or if we should climb back out. I mean, she's going to peek out her head and look around. There appear to be a couple of hallways. We could explore down here as well. W- what do the rest of y'all think? I think we should explore down here. Whatever is going on down yeah. here seems... Well, the prison and the manacles on the wall and the uh, the implements for getting answers. And yeah, I think if this is part of the Copper Temple, then I'm inclined to say, let's find out what terrible, terrible secrets the Copper Priests were keeping. Alita, isn't it strange that they would have manacles like this in a copper temple? I truthfully don't know. I'm not exactly surprised to see that they would have something like this, but I'm also not... I wasn't expecting it either. Oh, okay. I mean, especially because it's so close to the hatchery and they have so many, like, fancy things here, I wouldn't be surprised if they had to worry about, you know... I don't know why we're so surprised to find jails in here. They're coppers after all. Well, it's time to further explore the dank bank. Let's go. (laughs) So you step out of the hatchery and there is a hallway that stretches to your left and one that stretches to your right. There doesn't seem to be an immense amount of difference visually because they both are very long and they stretch out far. But Down one hall, to the right, you can hear silence. To the left hall, you can hear a tick-tock that is discordant and uncoordinated with the ticking and talking that you are hearing coming from above. We need to... I'm sorry. Uh, We need to go this way and get this one clock aligned with the other clock. It probably just needs to be wound up. Like, that'll be fine, and we can fix it. But that's that will drive me crazy. Just yeah. let's, let's just be careful. Remember what they say. Even a broken clock will fight twice a day. Do they let's, say that? Let's go. <laughs> yeah, uh, boat, Boat's part of a group that just fights clocks. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Just twice a day, like at, like, 12.07, he just starts violently punching the, any clock liberty- nearby. Some libertarians don't even want time to be making. They don't even want time to tell them what to do. The first rule of Flav right. Club is we don't talk about Flav Club. <laughs> so as you head as you head down this hallway towards the discordant uh, clock sounds, uh, you find a door that is elaborate. It is some kind. There's some kind of like layering that is happening with the metal on the front of the door, which gives it the image of a draconic face sticking out in 3D. It's a very large and sort of unwieldy door. There is an intricate lock on the door. It is visible. Before I start working on this lock, uh, let me take a quick look. And Solonar is going to check the frame of the door and specifically the dragon face for mechanisms that might be trap related. So what you notice is the door itself seems out of place aesthetically compared to the rest of the temple. The metal that this door is made of shines a brilliant white. So much so that it almost glows in the small amount of light that you guys are bringing with you. 
The image itself is sort of like a cameo of a dragon in profile. It does not match the frill tail and wing shop, the wing shop, the frill tail and wing shape of any of the dragons you've seen before in the motifs of these temples. Interesting. Uh, I got a 12. I'm presuming I find nothing. Outside of what I've told you. Okay. Solonar is like, well, looks looks clear to me. I'm going to get started on this lock. Alita, what do you think of this dragon shape? I don't know this dragon. All right. So you remember how I said earlier, I was like, oh, I could have gotten a 30. I have that 30 yeah. now for unlocking the door. Okay. Um, You needed like an 18. So you're fine. Well, I rolled an 18. The door is going to click open quietly but simply and easily. The door will swing open to reveal a circular room made of a glittering white metal that seems to radiate its own light. Enough that with the small, with the light sources that you guys have, it is able to reflect enough to illuminate the entirety of the room outside of the small pieces that it has been historically. The floor in its entirety consists of an enormous clock face. Despite the size, the hands of the clock are moving smoothly and easily and don't appear to be particularly heavy. So it's not covered. We could step onto the clock and mess with the hands? Yes, you can. Oh, I'm going to hold the clock's hands. All right, so you walk up and hold the minute hand uh, in friendship and affection. Hello, clock. It stops moving very, very easily. I'm slowing you down because you're out of time with your friends, but we will correct that with using time itself. So as you shift it slightly, it moves very easily, but each time it moves, it makes a soft clicking sound. Like I want you guys to imagine being in a like at a theme park with a roller coaster and that tick 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 sound that like the roller coaster things make when you put them okay. down. It's yeah. that kind of click. Ooh. Do the so the clock arms move either direction very easily? Yes, they do. And the floor does have the traditional numbers of 12, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. Are there anything that would like are there numbers elsewhere in this room there are not you said there's a pedestal in the center right that's the thing that like holds the clock hands to the thing it doesn't go fully up or anything but it is the thing that's holding the clock hands like in place i'd like to check out the pedestal uh maybe around the base of it because obviously the, the clicking is coming from that general area, if that's where the hands are attached. Yes. It's an 18 for investigation, if that's what you wanted. There is some kind of mechanism that is activated by these hands. You are not sure what the mechanism is or does, but you know that the key to unlocking it is moving these hands. I <laughs> I think I've heard somebody say that exact quote outside of a bar once. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, I'm not learning anything new here. There's So there's something that will open if we can get the clock set to a specific time, but uh, I don't know what time. So it's... Well, I mean, all we all we have to do is attach a rope to the minute hand and then walk clockwise around the clock 12 times. However many times it takes to move the hour hand where you need it to be? Uh, I mean, if we walk around the clock 12 times dragging the minute hand, then the hands will hit every position that they could possibly hit. Solonar was not the gang's safe cracker, but he probably would have picked a couple of things up, right? Does it make sense, generally speak? I mean, we're talking about Solonar here. Like that logical sense to me i'm just i i feel like you're trying to get me to decide things about your character's backstory knowledge what i'm thinking is this mechanism to me josh sounds a little bit like a safe and i'm wondering if solinar could maybe like i guess it'd be a perception roll oh god uh but i if well someone is moving around the edge 
with the minute hand to like move the clock arms around. If Solinar could listen really closely to the mechanism or watch it really closely to see if something clicks at certain points. So, Boat, are you committed to this rope around the clock hand? Yeah, I'll do it. Rope around right. the clock so hand, pockets full of pocket sand. <laughs> <laughs> and so- ashes and ashes. Oh, come on. We burned something important. <laughs> All right. So, Boat is going to go up. He's going to take his rope, tie one around his waist and the other around the minute hand. And mm-hmm. with a deep cleansing breath, everyone stands aside as he begins his plan to figure out this puzzle. is a co-production of Alpha Comics and Games with Goblins and Growlers. Our audio production is provided by Gabriel Perez. He can be found at Amethyst Audiomancer on Instagram. The voice of Alita and our DM for the podcast is Alex Smith. She can be found at Alpha Comic Games on Twitter. The voice of Charles Gravyboat Barnes is Brandon Dingus. He can be found at Way of Brandalore on Twitter. The voice of Eek and Koza are Chapman Adams. He can be found at What Are Birds on Instagram. The voice of Johannes is Alan, and he can be found at the Dungeon Meowster on Instagram. And finally, the voice of Solinar is me, Josh Maltby, and I can be found at Black Cloak DM on Twitter. Thanks so much for listening. I didn't notice what time it was and the fact that we needed to end that episode, so I rolled the perception and it was a nat 20, so I'm very disappointed by that. Thank <laughs> you.